episode of the Matt Nix Show podcast. I am your host, Marvelous Matt Nix, and I am a professional wrestler from Chicago, Illinois. Thank you again for listening. If this is if this is your first time tuning in, is that what you say for podcasts? Is it still tuning in? Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting. And for those of you who are listening again, thank you for coming back and listening because... Uh, I definitely don't know what I'm doing uh, as far as <clears throat> podcasting is concerned. This is still very new to me. This is episode four of this show. Uh, I wasn't able to secure a guest uh, for this week, uh, so I thought it'd be an interesting time to just do a solo podcast and talk about myself. I know that's very you know, self-absorbed. As some would say, but uh, thought maybe it'd be an interesting time to talk about uh, my start <clears throat> in professional wrestling and you know how my career progressed and where where I think it might be going. I don't know, and also like the the origins of freelance wrestling as well. Um, gosh, where do I begin? I mean, where so many other wrestlers have have started before me. Uh, I started uh, doing backyard wrestling uh, when I was in high school as a teenager. Uh, I met a lot of my friends through that as well. Uh, Chris Castro, Craig Mitchell, Kenny Sutra, Alex Olson. We all kind of came up together uh, wrestling pretty much every day. And, uh, you know, we were all, we've all been lifelong fans of wrestling and that's all we ever wanted to do. So we kind of just... You know, met a, we all met one day and you know started wrestling and <laughs> had some it's pretty fun shows and you know we posted on internet forums and we traveled uh, we actually traveled a lot uh, across the United States you know to other backyard wrestling companies uh, believe it or not it was more or less like the independent wrestling scene uh, except in backyards. Um, of course, you can imagine my parents being extremely excited about that. So, uh, naturally, the progression to that would be professional wrestling. And uh, not really knowing where to go or what to do, as, as most people are as they, when they enter the business. Um, I posted on the old Chicago Pro Wrestling forums... And kind of just posted like a general, uh, general question, you know, hey, where's a good place to go get training? And a lot of place, a lot of people were posting and you know pleading their case and saying, oh, go here, this is the best training, or go here, this is the best training. Uh, so I kind of just browsed through them and you know clicked to see what kind of links I could find and and kind of see because I didn't want to you know I didn't want to just jump at the first one that popped out at me you know. So eventually, I get a uh, a private message from from a guy, 
and he's like, hey, if you're very much serious about doing this, uh, you're going to want to go here. I promise you it's it's going to be the best training you'll get in Chicago. And uh, I was a little skeptical at first, but then he's like, hey, if you're, if you're serious, though, like, here's my number, give me a call. So I called him. We talked a little bit, and he's like, all right, you know, meet me at this, you know, address at this time on this day, and I'll introduce you to the trainer and stuff. So so me and the guys packed into a car and drove up uh to the uh, north-ish side uh, from where I live, where we grew up. We grew up in the south, in the south suburbs of Chicago. Uh, so we drove up to uh, North Avenue in Narragansett, for anybody that lives locally. Um, and the address he gave me led us to this, like, truck stop, or, or at least, like, a warehouse where, like, trucks go to, like, load up their, you know, cargo and such. So we drive in, and we drive all the way to the back, and it's like, it's very much a sketchy situation. So we pull up, and there's just this dude standing out, you know, by his car, nobody else around. It's dark as hell outside, there's only one light hanging off the building. So we all get out of the car, and we're like, oh, this is kind of sketchy. Um, so we go over by the dude, he introduces himself, it's the guy that I talked to on the phone, um who I later found out was actually a wrestler himself in the area, uh, a guy that went by the name of the Galactic Grappler. So he uh, he goes, all right, follow me. So we follow him up these, these like, metal steps into, uh, into a warehouse, and we're like, okay, we're either going to get robbed or, like, something. This is not, this is not a good situation to be in. Um, so we walk up the stairs... We go inside this warehouse, and then we hear, and it was the sound of somebody bumping in a ring. We're like, okay, at least we know there's wrestling here. Like, I think we're okay. And we walk in, and it was, uh, for anybody familiar with the Chicago wrestling scene, it was the old warehouse building on Narragansett where War used to run their shows. And uh, so we walk in, there's a lot of old, a bunch of wrestling flyer, like old wrestling flyers on the walls, and you know, pictures of wrestlers and, you know, autographs and such. And then we walk into the back room where the ring was, and there's, you know, an old an old WWF 20-by-20 uh, uh, 20 20 ring with a bunch of people in the ring, like, running drills and stuff. And and uh, we walk up to the guy who's who's running the practice, and the uh, the man introduces us to him, and it was uh, my... T- my well, eventually would become my trainer, uh, C- Steve Boz <laughs> of of uh, Chicago wrestling fame. Uh, we you know he introduced us. This actually was my my nineteenth birthday, like the day I turned nineteenth. It was November nineteenth, uh, two thousand and nine. That was our, our first day of practice where we we showed up and he uh, you know was like oh this is like the place you know gave us the rundown and how much it cost and everything, and, like, we just kind of stayed and watched that day. And then uh, we came back next week, and we started our training, and, you know, we trained every, uh, every week for a couple, for about six months, and then and then we were able to start wrestling on shows. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, it was, you know, just CSW, uh, the, our home company in Chicago, and Galley Lucia eventually, and... Uh, you know, we wanted to, 
we wanted to start venturing out more and, and doing our own, making our own names in, in wrestling. You know, that's the, that's the goal in wrestling is that you want to eventually, uh, you know, build your name up and, you know, take whatever path, you know, you're meant to take. So, but for the longest time, that was, that was all we were doing. And then eventually I got, I got an opportunity, uh, to go wrestle down at Dreamwave Wrestling in LaSalle, uh, in 2011 and um, it was funny actually that like uh, a lot of people always said that I you know had a very strong resemblance to Mustafa Ali and uh, at the time he was uh, involved at, at Dreamwave as well and uh, I was brought into Dreamwave for a one, like a one-off kind of thing where I was going to be the imposter Mustafa Ali, and so I basically uh, showed up, and you know I didn't I didn't know most of the people. I knew some of the people because from because some of those guys came up and and wrestled at at uh, CSW, and uh, my trainer wrestled there as well, Steve Boz, um, and that was uh, one of the first times I met Ali uh, <laughs> after uh, you know kind of meeting him online, and. Uh, so I, I'm told, okay, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go out and you're gonna you're gonna basically dress up like Ali and like kind of come out and fake the crowd out, and uh, and then just kind of like oversell like your knees and your back are hurting because uh, he had just had to you know step away from wrestling for a while because of knee and, uh, and back injuries. So so I do that with uh, Ace Martino, who uh, Ali was feuding with at the time. And uh, so I go out there and I'm doing the whole Ali thing. And then Ali comes out and he, you know, beats us both up and everything. And for me, I thought that was going to be it, you know, that uh, that it was just like a one-off thing. But no, I was invited to come back and I was with Dreamway for probably about two or three years after that until, um, until, uh, until I stepped away from there. Uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, you know, living in Chicago, the only the only main wrestling company, the biggest wrestling company there still is, uh, I would say, uh, was AAW, and uh, me and a couple other guys would uh, go to the shows in Berwyn because uh, I grew up right down the, right down the road. We would go to the shows in Berwyn, and you know, help set up the ring. And uh, get you know they would throw us a bone and let us wrestle on the pre-show matches and stuff. So and that was really good for us, for me, um, to kind of get in front of a different crowd. You know, for more of a, you know, quote unquote smart marky crowd, uh, and learn how to wrestle a little bit differently than I was used to, uh, because that crowd will tell you if it's bad. Like they're not gonna like sugarcoat it. You know, they're not gonna like you know golf clap for your matches or whatever. They'll they'll tell you it's bad, <laughs> and uh, so we did that for a little bit, and then, uh, and then another company started in uh, twenty thirteen uh, by the name of Resistance Pro Wrestling. Uh, at the time, was uh, kind of run uh, by Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, and uh, we knew the guys that were like kind of running it and. Or sorry, booking like booking the shows, and uh, myself and Castro, uh, they had us tag over there 
for the first time. They were just like, hey, you guys are friends. So they threw us together as a team for the, for the first time. And, you know, we uh, just naturally had chemistry because of, you know, we're friends. And, you know, that's kind of the, the, how the start of our teaming uh, began. At the time, we were known as the two-star heroes. And uh, we had a lot of fun there wrestling. You know, we, we wrestled a lot of good teams. Uh, we got a chance to, like, you know, be in the ring with um, Dennis Stamp. Uh, he was the judge for a... We had a, a dance-off, pose-off, rap battle uh, contest with a, with another team. And uh, I made the suggestion of him being our, ga- our guest judge because, you know, they didn't really have anything for him on that show. Uh, they booked him, but they didn't know what they were going to do with him. And I, I said, like, we should have him be our judge. Like, it would be funny. And uh, he definitely uh, added a lot to, to, the, to the segment. It was fun. Um, you know, after a while, we, we kind of grew, grew out of that place. And, you know, shortly before uh, we were let go, um, I started freelance. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't realize is that um, in 2014... When uh, when freelance started, I was like, I don't want to say like starting to get on my way out of wrestling or, you know, but I was I was getting getting sour on it for sure. Um, it wasn't fun anymore, um, especially when we got fired from like what, what I assumed would be like our our place for a while. Uh, Resistance Pro it was kind of just like, well, I guess wrestling is done then, you know, <clears throat> so. Um, freelance, I kind of was just like, uh, I kind of want to just do like a show on my own, you know, like, just like, just like how we used to do in backyard wrestling, you know, it was like a fun show where, you know, we could all just hang out and have, you know, have killer matches. Like I know we can and, uh, yeah, not have to worry about any of the bullshit. And, and, uh, so we, I got I got a little bit of help on and trying to on how to book a venue in Chicago because I had never done that before, and uh, you know we we planned it and we came up with the the first show it was in June of twenty fourteen, uh, when we had a couple matches on the show and you know I booked a lot of the people that I knew that I was friends with and and we had a band play as well and it was at the Abbey Pub, uh, rest in peace. <laughs> Abbey Pub, uh, and it, you know, I, I, I went out and personally hung up flyers throughout almost every, you know, major bar area in Chicago, you know, up and down the streets, just doing, like, I did it myself, like, very DIY, as they would say, and, uh, we drew in a pretty decent crowd for, like, a first show, and, um, you know, there's, I would say there was probably you know, maybe a hundred people there. And, you know, for a lot of companies, that's, you know, that's a good draw for them. So I was like, okay, you know, that wasn't too bad. Let's, uh, let's try this again. So, uh, we scheduled the next show was, it was two months from then. Cause back then we used to do them bi-monthly and, uh, you know, we, I'd say we, I think we probably doubled our crowd at that point. And I was like, oh, shit, we might be on to something here. And, you know, we, we just, um, every show, the crowd just seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Um, and then, you know, I was, I, we started making a little bit of money and I was able to <clears throat> start bringing in like bigger name talent. And, you know, we had, you know, Eric Cannon, I think was like our first like big name guy on the show. And then, uh, you know, I brought in Joey Ryan and Candace, um, Chris Hero and others like that. And, um, And, uh, yeah, it was just, it just kind of grew from there. And, and then eventually we had our, what was going to be our biggest show at the time. Uh, I had booked Colt Cabana, Grado, and Kikutaro uh, as part of, it was part of, Owen Cabana was uh, filming for his Wrestling Road Diaries um, documentary. Um, the Abbey Pub, weeks before the show, uh, unfortunately caught fire and, you know, gutted the place and we were left with the last minute, you know, we had to find a new venue <laughs> and, and in Chicago, you know, it's very, very difficult. I'm sure anywhere in the world it's difficult, you know, two to three weeks out to find a new venue, but in, you know, Chicago is such an expensive city and, you know, renting those buildings are not cheap. And so, uh, eventually we were able to, um, so the guy who, the guy who was like the, the manager of the room at, at Abbey Pub actually got us in contact with the Bottom Lounge in Chicago, uh, which is one of the premier uh, music venues in the city. You know, I've, I've gone to so many concerts there uh, in my lifetime. So to be able to, to run a show at the Abbey, or sorry, at the Bottom Lounge was, was going to be something like uh, really cool for me uh, a lot, and a lot of the wrestlers too. Um, uh, so we were able to get in there, and they were kind of just like, hey, this is how much it is to to run our room, which was significantly more than we were what we were paying uh, to rent the the room at Abbey Pub. Uh, but I didn't have a choice. I was like, okay, we're, we're hopefully we'll do good in this show, and, you know, we'll see. And, uh, you know, it ended up being probably one of our biggest, if not our biggest crowd to date. You know, we, we packed that place. Um, made a really good crowd for there. The bottom lounge was very pleased with, with what we did. And they were like, we would like to have you guys back. And we re renegotiated our, our costs and the rent to make it a little bit more, you know, uh, doable for both sides. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we, we were there for about a year, uh, at the bottom lounge uh, and and then throughout that time, you know, we established you know their working relationship with CZW, and uh, did that the first uh, C freelancers CZW show at Bottom Lounge that do that did really well, uh, both for crowd wise and DVD wise. Uh, it was a very popular show. We had a lot of great matches on there, um, and then a little bit after that, um, we had an opportunity to run in Wicker Park at this place called The Chop Shop. You know, they reached out to us, and they were very interested in about having our show there. So we went there, and we gave it a chance, and, and it was a very nice place. The staff there was very nice, but it just seemed every show sent, like, you know, when we started there, every show after, like, it just seemed like they were like, hey, we're going to have to charge you more for rent, more for rent, more for rent. To the point where I was just like, all right, we can't do this anymore because we're we're literally going to be losing money doing this now. It, it seemed they just decided to change their deal, and granted, I probably should have gotten it in writing at the time, but 
you know, we were just, you know, riding high, so to speak. And, you know, um, and in that year uh, was when uh, I, I approached uh, Mustafa Ali about coming back to wrestling, you know, because he, he wasn't wrestling at all anymore, really. I was like, hey, like, and I know Ali, like, you know, I consider him a friend. Uh, and I know how good he is. And I was like, dude, I, I would love to see you wrestle on a freelance show. Like, I think you would, I think you would flourish there. And he was kind of uh, like, I, I guess so. Like, he kind of was a little hesitant at first. And and, and originally it was just going to be a one-off. And he wrestled in January of 16 uh, against Isaiah. And, man, they tore the house down. And after that match, Ali was like, yo, I want to be on every freelance show. And he was. And he, he won the belt, the freelance belt, in June of that year. Um, and then just like you know, off of the, the, the heels of the Cruiserweight Classic and, uh, you know, the Dusty Classic. He did all this great stuff with WWE that, of course, like, they, they offered him a contract and, and, you know, he went. and um, But he did, he did so much for, for freelance and, uh, you know, and giving, giving, getting more eyes on, on us, on, on the product and, and everybody else involved, you know, it was such a great thing for everybody, a great thing for him, the, for for Chicago, for freelance in general. And, uh, you know, he had some killer matches, you know, with with uh, DJ Z, with Leo Rush, with GPA, uh, Isaiah. So uh, when he left his last match in freelance, you know, by this time we, we came back to Bottom Lounge and uh, he had his last match in freelance uh, in December of 2016 and, it was a very emotional night, but still probably one of my favorite nights in freelance. You know, every match on that show killed it. Main event was incredible. Um, yeah, that's a show that you definitely, if you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. Uh, Powerbomb.tv, if you, are, if you are not a subscriber, if you go and use the f- promo code freelance, uh, you'll get a free 20-day trial. And you can watch every single freelance show on demand. It's streaming live. You could, you could stream every single show that we've done on there, you know, as much as you want, as long as you want, um, for 20 days. And then after then, you guys start paying. But um, it's a hell of a fucking deal. You get all those shows, not to mention all those other companies that are on there. But also, every month when we do our events... We live stream them on Powerbomb TV so you can watch the shows live if you're not able to be there in person. If you live across the country, if you live on the other side of the world, you can watch these shows live. Uh, just a little plug there. So, <laughs> Or Smart Mark Video if you want to buy the DVDs, like the physical copies as well. Um, anyway, I lost track of it. Um, but no, you know, 2017 was, was just as big for freelance, you know. Uh, you know, Stevie Fierce uh, taking the belt overseas to the UK, into Canada, into Mexico, and establishing the championship as a world championship, and damn near coming into a, into a you know a, compet- a great competitor of his own. You know, like definitely molding himself. You know, having having s- super super competitive matches with GPA, uh, with with B Boy. You know, and, and wrestling dudes all over the all over the United States and all over the world that that are you know considered top talent, 
and, and holding his own with them. So 2017 was definitely a really big year for Stevie. Um, and, and myself as well, you know, like we, wherever he went, I was there with him, you know, we traveled, you know, all over the place together. So 2017 was, was a huge year for me personally. You know, I got a chance to wrestle in the UK, in Canada and in Mexico with DTU. So like, uh, not to mention, you know, wrestling for championship wrestling from Hollywood and in California and, you know, going everywhere from there to Seattle, to Maine, to Florida, New York, uh, we wrestled all over the place. You know, 2017 was, was, was definitely a big year. And, and I can't help and, and, and but, but say, like, you know, freelance definitely played a big part in that. You know, if it wasn't for freelance, I don't think that my career would be nearly as successful as it is. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to, to admit that, you know. I know a lot of people are probably saying, oh, the only reason you got that booking is because of freelance or, or what have you. But, you know... A lot of the times that's that's probably true, you know, and then once they see my abilities, you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I think that I, you know, I, I earn my spot once I get there. Um, but I'm also not ashamed to admit that a lot of times the reason I get there is because of, you know, the company that I started. And, you know, I know a lot of people would probably do the same if they were in the same position. So, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, 2017, I w- I'm very proud of, of what we did. Uh, I reunited with, uh, Chris Castro is as my tag partner there in, uh, in freelance. Uh, we split up and, uh, and then in, in early, in early 2016 and then, uh, reunited in 2017. And by the end of 2017, in December, we, we finally were able to, uh, we crowned the uh, freelance wrestling tag team champions, which uh, was a big accomplishment for for me and and I know for him as well. Um, and I, you know, I hope that twenty eighteen is definitely as uh, you know as successful as it was for me in twenty seventeen, and and I can continue my success and hopefully go to more foreign countries. I'd love to travel; like that's my favorite part of tr- of wrestling, and you know. You never have too much of that. And uh, let's see, I did post this out on social media uh, asking for questions. If anybody had any questions for me uh, regarding, you know, my career, my, you know, personal life, I guess, uh, and also freelance. So let's see, uh, let's get into some of these questions here. Uh, Let's start with this one. Jimmy Wendell says... Uh, talk about how you came across Curtain Jerker, and he says that he's known Derek for 14 years. Uh, okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Curtain Jerker, or Curtain Jerker Designs, uh, is run by this guy named Derek Sharp uh, in Indiana. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, graphic designer. He he made uh, a lot of the, uh, most, uh, most of the, the early freelance uh uh, posters and DVD covers and all that stuff and you know I know Derek uh, almost since the beginning of my career uh, go wrestling on shows in Indiana he was uh, a referee <laughs> on those shows and uh, that was the first time I ever had ever met Derek and you know then he then he started branching out and uh, doing more design stuff and and has really kind of made a name for himself there so 
uh, that's pretty much how I, I came across him. Like, I've, I've, I've known him for almost as long as I've been wrestling. Uh, Jared Gebhardt asks, uh, scariest moment for you as a wrestler and as a promoter? So, let's see. The scariest moment for me as a wrestler, I would say, would be the time that I, um, it's a fair, I mean, there's been a lot of times <laughs> that I've, I've gotten dropped in my head or something like that, but, um, the time where I, I got, I did a, it was a show where I did a flip dive to the outside and, uh, the guy who caught me, uh, didn't have me all the way and accidentally powerbombed the back of my head into the, into the, uh, ring apron and I kind of, my head clipped the ring apron on the way down and then bounced off the floor. Uh, and I just, I knew I was screwed up. I was like, oh shit. So I kind of just rolled under the ring and, and uh, that was a little scary because I didn't know how severe my head injury was going to be. And, and it, it ended up not being too bad. So, um, but it was definitely scary at the time. Um, scariest moment as a promoter would have to be in November this year. Uh, we had an incident, two incidents actually, in the same show where uh, in the opening match, uh, a young wrestler by the name of Jossie uh, got kicked in the face really hard and knocked him out cold to the point where he was unresponsive for over two minutes. Uh, we had to like pause the show and you know call an ambulance and have him you know taken to the hospital and stuff. And it was really scary because that was the first time I had ever had to deal with like actual like real life adult situations kind of thing and I was like very sh shooken up uh, for a couple days after that honestly and then in the main event uh, Space Monkey took did a dive to the floor and didn't get caught very well and clocked his head as well and he had another ambulance call and and uh, yeah it just it both of those situations combined kind of really like you know shook me to my core almost and, and it almost like made me not want to promote shows anymore because I was just, it was, it was scary, you know. People could have got seriously, seriously hurt. You know, thankfully both those guys ended up being okay, but it was, it was definitely a scary moment. Okay, uh, Ryan Anderson asks, how do you feel you've stood out amongst the Chicagoland feds? Uh, where do you see yourself in freelance in one year and in five years? Um... I can honestly say, uh, without sounding too cocky or, or anything, that I really think that Freelance has definitely stood out uh, as one of the top companies in the Chicagoland area. I de would definitely say in the top two, um, you know, behind AEW. Um, we've worked really hard, you know, to do that and, you know, to make ourselves different. And, uh, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, where do I see myself in freelance in a year and in five years? Uh, I can't really say, but I just, I hope that we're still around. Uh, I, I would like to keep running these shows for as long as possible. You know, I, I have a lot of fun doing it as, f as stressful as it is and as, you know, as terrible as it is sometimes it's still very fun to, to do it and to, you know, to be able to hang out with all my friends and, and just see something, uh, that I created, um, and, you know, see the stories that I come up with unfold, you know, in front of my eyes and in front of the eyes of all the fans that come to see it. So 
I just hope that we're still around in one to five years. Uh, Scene Nick asks, uh, what advice do you have for those who are looking to do more in the industry? Um, the biggest advice that I would say, uh, if you're looking to do more in the industry, is to just find somebody in your area that is traveling and get in the car with them and just go. Don't worry. Don't worry about being booked. You know, just go. Meet people. Show face at companies. Because for better or for worse, you'll get those opportunities either in the future or even that night. Sometimes, you know, people show up to shows and, you know, aren't expecting to wrestle and they, you know, get an opportunity. So it's always good to just, like, to, to try to get out there as much as possible. You want to get out of your bubble. You don't want to stay in the same area. You know, you want to, you know, make a name for yourself in as many territories as you can. So that that's the best advice that I could give for that. Um... He also asked, would you take the sleazy challenge, asking for a friend? Uh, I'm not quite sure what the sleazy challenge is. If I knew, uh, I probably would not do it. <laughs> uh, Thomas Brewington asks, favorite guy named Brewington? Hmm. I'd have to say maybe Thomas Brewington. <laughs> uh, Chris Sater asks, What's the best, what is the best advice you ever got from somebody in the business? Um, well, as cliche as this is to say, uh, the best advice that I ever got, uh, is also advice that I give to people as well, is this to shut up and listen. Keep your mouth shut and just listen. You know, take advice, take in anything you can from, you know, anybody that's above you, any veterans and stuff, uh, cause you'll learn way more, you know, just by, you know, listening and, and, and hearing and hearing stories and, you know, and riding in cars with guys that have had that experience. So, yeah, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> uh, Keith P. Miller says, uh, you obviously have a great eye for talent. Who do you think is going to have a breakout 2018, especially wondering what about, especially wondering about local guys and gals? Um... I can honestly say, well, I'll say for breakout, at least for breakout uh, in 2018, I'll, I'll keep it locally um, just because I'm more familiar with, uh, with local talent than I am outside. But um, I think uh, it's safe to say that Stevie Fierce will definitely continue his climb in popularity in 2018. Um, I see big things for uh, Elliot Paul and... And, uh, and Pat Monix, those two are two young, hungry guys that I think are going to be killing it in 2018. Um, I see big things for Craig Mitchell. You know, he's he's really found his niche finally and, and is starting to get out there more and, and get more eyes on him. Um, and Kylie Ray obviously uh, has had a fantastic 2017, and, and I can only see 2018 being even even bigger for her. She's, she's an exceptional, exceptional women's wrestler. Richard Field. What made you want to get into wrestling? And have you ever felt that maybe you made them some mistake that has held you back? Um, what made me want to get into wrestling was, I mean, as a kid, I fell in love with it as a kid and, and, and I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, and I wouldn't let anybody tell me otherwise. Um, 
you know, and, and, you know, it's funny, like as a kid being in school and we always talk about, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it was like, it was never, this is what I want to do. It's like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is what my job's going to be one day. And my teachers were always like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, and it's funny now that like some of them, you know, because my mother still works in the school district where I went to school. So, uh, she obviously tell, tells them about me and, and, and they're all like, well, that's crazy. You know, he did say he was going to do it. And, you know, here I am. Um, any mistakes that I felt that I had, that have held me back? Uh, I don't really think so. I don't believe in, in that. I don't think that there's anything that, that has held me back. So I don't know. <laughs> Do uh, Amanda Levine asks, uh, "Will you allow your future kids to watch wrestling? Will your future wife have to worry about coming home to your kids play wrestling every day? Will you have the phone number to the hospital on speed dial so that your future wife can easily contact a doctor in case of an emergency when your kids decide to backyard wrestle and hurt themselves?" That is a very specific question. Um, well, I think uh, any future children that may uh, that I may spawn, uh, I will definitely allow them to watch wrestling. Uh, it's always it's been a huge part of my life. Uh, I would love to share that you know with with any children that I have. Um, future wife will have to maybe worry about them wrestling, but you know if we you know set ground rules and. Let the let them know that you know you can't you can't do this you know, um, yeah I don't know that's all all the rest of that's kind of like in limbo I guess, um, we cross that bridge when we come to it huh. Do, 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 do. All right, um, <laughs> well Wesselinski asks who would win in a fight Mike Tyson or Bruce Lee, um. I think Bruce Lee would honestly win in that fight, hands down. No questions asked. Um, well, it looks like that's all the questions that I got. Those are some good questions, I think. Made me uh, rack my brain a little bit. But I think, I think that's all I got. You know, this is a short episode. Shorter than the other ones I've done, at least. Um... I don't know what else to say. <laughs> they told my story. Uh, if you have any more questions uh, or if anything anything else you want to know, you can always uh, get at me on social media, and uh, you could you know you could tweet at me. You could follow me on Twitter. Here's where we're gonna go into into our listen, nice little plugs here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Matt Nix, T H E M A T T K N I C K S. Uh, follow the show. Uh, it's very similar Twitter handle. It's the M Nick Show. Um, follow the or uh, subscribe on YouTube uh, the, at Matt Nick's Wrestling on YouTube, um, where I post uh, a lot of stuff uh, matches. I just posted a brand new music video highlight video of myself uh, made by the talented Craig Mitchell. Uh, it's really good. Go check that out. It's also up on on the Facebook page as well. Uh, Matt Nix on Facebook and uh, Matt Nix Show on Facebook as well if you want to like that. And that's where I post up a lot of the stuff about uh, topics and stuff or upcoming guests uh, where, you can, where you can leave your questions, uh, anything you want answered. Uh, 
uh, on there as well. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Matt Nix. If you want to get yourself a Matt Nix t-shirt, a hoodie, uh, a hat even, uh, you can go there and pick that up. FreelanceWrestling.com. Uh, same stuff. If you want to get shirts, uh, freelance merch, some of your favorite freelance wrestlers are on there as well. Uh, tickets to the next show. Next freelance show is going to be Friday, March 9th, back at Logan Square Auditorium. It's going to be a heck of a heck of a show. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's about it. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening to me just ramble on. I'm I'm currently laying in my bed right now. I'm sure my roommate thinks I'm insane uh, talking to myself um, through the walls. So. Uh, Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, share the word. Let people let people know about this. Uh, if this is something that you like, or you know, if you think somebody might enjoy this, uh, the incoherent ramblings of you know some guy who thinks he's cool. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, share it out. You know, I could definitely appreciate the the plug. So. All right, let's uh, let's fade into this song of the week. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be a good song. So uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey, where have you gone? You used to be the one we looked up to. It seemed like nothing could break you down. How high was your place? Was it worth it? Nothing in life is sure, but anywhere you're gone, I guess you weren't here from the start. In the end, it's all a question of.
The truth was right here in my own song.